Dear Christian friends, did John grab your attention with the first few words from his gospel that we heard earlier today? When they had finished eating. Well, maybe not. Maybe you glance right over them, but, but you realize the significance of those words as he introduced the account before us today. When they had finished eating. Who's they? It's the disciples and Jesus. Jesus, dead Jesus, was here eating in the midst of the disciples. They had decided to go out on the Sea of Galilee for a day of fishing. And Jesus called out to them from the shore, asked how things were going, not very well, and, and he directed them, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. And when they did so, they, they hauled in such a catch of fish that one boat wasn't enough to be able to drag the net to shore. But eventually they, they did make their way to shore and they had a meal together. They ate together. Jesus, dead Jesus, the body that was hanging on the cross, the corpse that had been taken down and placed into a tomb, lifeless as it was, was right there in their midst eating food with them, something that only living people do. It had been the third time, John tells us, that Jesus appeared to his disciples. Do you think at that point already the magnitude of the resurrection had lost its luster? The impact and the difference that the resurrection had made, was it, was it already an afterthought in their lives? Or were they impressed? Did, it, did they still stand in awe at their living Savior eating a meal with them? Today is, is already two weeks since we have celebrated the resurrection of our Lord on Easter Sunday. Has the magnitude of the resurrection, has it already lost its luster for you? Maybe another question to ask, when you view the resurrection Easter Sunday, is it, is it merely an historical event to be celebrated? Or do you view it as it truly is an eternity-altering life changing shift in how we view not only ourselves, but our place in this world. I don't know if it's related to the pandemic or if it's where we're at as a culture or a society, but, but it seems to me that an awful lot of us are merely existing. Kind of oozing through life the way that thick molasses slowly drips off the spoon. We wake up, we eat, we work, we come back home, we eat, we go to sleep, and we repeat. And, and life is meaningless. Life is purposeless. We don't have any get up and go. We aren't excited about anything. We're just surviving, just existing. And I suppose you can pin that on the pandemic, but, but I think that kind of is, is where a lot of us had been prior to that and maybe still struggle with, with that. Why am I here? What is the point? And so we're kind of zombie-like just wandering through our lives aimlessly, just consuming, just breathing in oxygen, just taking up more space, but not really contributing, not making a difference. And, and sadly, far too many of us are okay with that. But Jesus' resurrection 
addresses that aimlessness, that meaninglessness that we, we sometimes feel. Jesus' resurrection, we pray, helps us see that we have purpose. We aren't just wandering aimlessly through this life, but, but God has created you and not only cre created you, but redeemed you and set you apart for his holy purposes. And, and today we want to see what those purposes are and pray that he would give us the, the zeal and energy and excitement to carry out those purposes. That concept purpose really, it can address two different questions. It, it kind of addresses the what, but also the why. We can mean both of those when we talk about a person having purpose. Why do you have a, a meeting? What is the purpose of a meeting? Okay, that, that what will inform you the, the reason for your gathering. But once you have that reason, that doesn't necessarily motivate you or inspire you. It doesn't provide the why for, for the what. So purpose can be both of those. Or consider school. The student asks, well, what is the purpose of going to school? Well, to, to learn and to get an education. But any parent and any teacher knows that simply knowing what school is all about to get an education is not the same as inspiring the child to carry it out, to follow it through the why behind it. Okay, now I know what education is all about, but why? Well, to educate yourself so that you can be prepared for, for life, to get a job to impact positively society and, and others around you. So purpose can mean both a what and a why. And the purpose that Jesus gives to us, the purpose that comes to us through his resurrection really provides what and, and why. It provides both of those. We'll see the, the what shortly, but the why is hugely essential. Because consider the alternative. If Jesus had died and stayed dead, if he had stayed and decayed in that tomb, and that tomb had no more room for any other bodies because Jesus' body was still there, well, then we would have reason to be deflated, defeated. Then our life wouldn't have a whole lot of purpose or, or meaning because anything that you would do for this life would only be for this life, and, and eventually we'd all die, and it would be meaningless, and it would come to nothing. In fact, uh, to kind of a, a side note, this isn't often maybe brought up, but when you consider the alternative theory that, that many subscribe to or believe as far as how we came about, the idea of evolution, recognize that, that at its core, evolution has to conclude that we have no purpose, we have no meaning, because if evolution is, is true as far as human beings, then you are an accident and so am I. And the only reason we're here is to, to live but we have no real purpose. But Jesus' resurrection provides us with purpose and meaning and significance. It addresses both the what, again, as we'll see Jesus interacting with Peter, but also the why. Because if Jesus had stayed dead, then we'd have reason to give up because it would be like, like somebody in the ring, the boxing ring, being pummeled and just finally told to, to just stay down and give up. That would have been our lot in life had Jesus stayed dead, but he rose victoriously. And when somebody rises, there's intention behind that. There's energy, there's excitement, there is purpose behind the resurrection. Not just for Jesus, but for you. So today we want to explore and embrace 
the purpose that Jesus gives us. We pray that, that the resurrection would help me see, help you see that we have purpose. Jesus told Peter what that purpose was. He told him to feed, to care, to follow. In fact, Jesus repeated it twice to Peter to feed, and, and each time he used a, a different word there. One time he said to the first time, feed my lambs. And then the second time later when he repeated it, he said, feed my sheep. Now, lambs could be understood in a number of ways. We could infer that Jesus meant little children, little ones. Could also mean those who are, are new to the faith. Regardless of the, the difference, if Jesus had any unique intent behind those words, when he tells, Jesus, uh, when he tells Peter rather later to feed his sheep, that's all inclusive. That's, that's everybody. That's everybody that is included in, in God's flock. Feed my sheep he said to Peter. And you don't have to be a pet owner to realize that there is one thing that is more important than anything else. And, and it doesn't matter really what the pet is, if it's a fish, a dog, a cat, a horse, a, a lizard, a bird, the list goes on and on. There's one thing that, that if you don't do it, you're not going to have that pet very long. Feed it. Feeding that pet is essential to, to that pet staying alive. It's perhaps the simplest illustration in, in all of Scripture, and, and I would say the easiest for us to understand that people need to eat to live, and you don't eat, then you starve. And yet, as easy, as simple as that is to understand, it is probably one of the most difficult spiritual truths to make stick. Go to church every week. Take the sacrament. Take the Lord's body and blood. Participate in Bible study. Read the Bible. Have devotions. Well, why do I need to do all of these things? Because you need to eat to live. And you starve yourself and you will die. And we might balk at that, especially in this day and age when, when so many downplay or diminish organized religion and, and don't see the importance of the reason it exists and the reason we're here is to be fed so that we can be nourished, so that we don't starve. And if you take Jesus' command lightly to feed my sheep, yourself and others, reach out to me and I will sadly provide a list of names of individuals, some that, that you may know, some that you may be related to, individuals who have either died or are dying spiritually because of a lack of eating, because they aren't being fed. Feed my sheep. That is one of the purposes that, that Christ gives to you and to me. But it's not the only one. He also says, care for my sheep. He addressed it later to, to Peter the second time. He says, do you love me? And, and Jesus said to Peter, take care of my sheep. And we know that that is as important as well, isn't it? Any, any parent that has a newborn Anybody that is taking care of aging parents, for that matter, recognizes the importance of feeding, yes, but that feeding isn't the only necessity that, that those have for life. A newborn or an aging parent, they're not able to do a number of things on their own. Those things that we take for granted, whether it's applying medicine or taking pills 
or needing assistance, simple things like being able to walk here or there and grab this or that, or fill appointments or drive them here or there. They need care. And it's not just newborns. And it's not just aging parents. It's all of us who need that care. And, and it seems that this last year has really expressed the importance of that ongoing care that is necessary. And yet we receive mixed signals from, from the world, don't we? This last year has told us what? Distance yourself. Stay away from people. Stay isolated. Don't gather in groups. And then, of course, our culture is also very much about letting others live their truths. Don't say anything negative or wrong about anybody else. Worry about yourself. Well, stop and pause. What is, what is the flip side of worrying about yourself? It's essentially don't care about others. To worry about yourself is to not care about others. That's the message the, the world receives, but the message that God has called his church to is something different. I was reminded of this just this last week as a member pointed out and we were talking about gathering together for, for worship in person. And he observed the number of times that he comes on a, on a Sunday for worship, the number of times that somebody, not always the same person, asks a simple question, how are you doing? How are you doing? It impressed upon him that his church, his family, cares. A simple question like that. And where else have we gotten that? Not only the past year, but beyond that. Where do you get that kind of question when you are working remotely? Where you are, are long distance learning? Where you don't even know your neighbors? Who else asks you, how are you doing and genuinely cares? In fact, that is the calling card of Christ's church. We are called, above all else, to care for each other. And who's to say that the Acts 2 church has to set the standard for what looks like to care for one another? Why can't we set that? Why can't we raise the bar for what it looks like to be so deeply concerned and to care so much about each other in such a radical way that the outside world couldn't help but be attracted to that kind of care and concern for each other? Feed my sheep, Jesus says. Care for my sheep, he says. And then he invites us to follow him as well. Follow Jesus. Feed, care, follow. Not the way that we're accustomed to, to watching movies these days. Have you ever paid attention if you're watching a movie with, with a friend or your family members and you're in the living room and you look around over the course of the, the movie and you notice how many people are, are on different screens at the same time. So there's the, the television with the movie and there's the phone and maybe even a laptop. Three screens, two screens, and we convince ourselves that we're paying attention to all of them, that we're following all of them instead of realizing that we're distracted by all of them and are constantly having to ask, wait, what just happened? Fill me in. Don't follow Jesus that way. And yet, that's probably an accurate description of, of how many of us are following Jesus. We're so busy, we're so preoccupied that eventually, you know, once in a while, occasionally, we glance up and we look and see what, what Jesus is up to. We pay attention here and there, but really we're distracted. We're not focused on following him. No, the way that Jesus calls us to follow him is the way that if you've ever driven in a, in a winter storm, 
where, where it's blanked, it's a whiteout, and you can hardly see, and, and you are your, your white knuckle clenched to the wheel, focused, zeroed in, dialed into the red taillights in the car in front of you, following that with diligence, knowing that that is your lifeline. Follow Jesus that way. Feed, care, follow. Let's revisit the why as to the purpose. Those are really the what in the purpose that Jesus has called us to, to feed, to care, to follow. But why? Because if we don't know the why purpose, if we don't know the why behind it, then we're not likely to follow through with any of those. What is the the why? We'll go back to two Sundays ago. Go back to the greatest, the most significant, the most impactful event in all of history, Jesus' resurrection. And stop and realize that Jesus did not need to rise for himself. Jesus did not need to leave the majesty of heaven to die in this world for himself. None of that was necessary. None of that was a requirement for him. He didn't have to suffer and go through any of it for himself. He did all of that for you. So that by his victory over death and by his almighty resurrection, he might give your life and my life purpose and meaning and significance. And that is exactly what he has done. And, and I know it's a, a double-edged sword, isn't it? When Jesus gives us this purpose to feed, to care, to follow, it convicts us because it reminds us of how miserably we've failed at all of those how negligent I've been in feeding myself, let alone my children or others. How often I have gone uncaring about the needs of my brothers and sisters in Christ. How easily I fail to follow Jesus and how quickly I follow the other stuff of this world that gets me nowhere. And so it, it convicts me when I'm reminded of this purpose that Jesus has for me. But the cross and the tomb when they impress upon me that Jesus didn't do those for himself, but he did them for me to forgive, to wash away, to forget, to pay for my failures, my inability to feed, to care, to follow. And that today and tomorrow and the next day is a, a new slate. And not only a new slate, but new energy, no, new reason, new inspiration, new zeal and excitement to carry out that purpose then that resurrection matters. It makes a difference. And I realize that so can I. Jesus calls us to, to love our brothers and our sisters in Christ and to show it. Did you make that connection in the interaction that, that Jesus had with Peter? Three times he asked Peter if he loved him. Each time Peter responded, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But Jesus didn't stop right there. He didn't say, yes, I know it. I'm omniscient. I know all things. But he gave direction to Peter to say, if you love me, then show it. Show it. It's one thing to say that we who know we are loved by Jesus love him in return. But Jesus calls us to more than that. Jesus wants to see that love in action. 
As I mentioned in the, the introduction, the first two Sundays of the series, we focused on how, how the resurrection has helped us, helps us see that Jesus has overcome negatives in our life, fear and doubt. But too often we forget that, that the resurrection also has positive implications. It amplifies, it gives purpose to our lives, it gives meaning to us. It's not just what we have been set free from, but what we've been set free for, a life of significance and purpose and meaning in Jesus Christ. And he says we, we show that love to him as we carry out his purpose for us. Feed, care, follow. And in that way, as we exercise these, know that you're making a difference not just for this life, but in your own eternity and in the eternities of others as well. Lord Jesus, help us see through your resurrection that we have purpose. And through your resurrection, give us the power to carry out that purpose with zeal and energy and confidence that through us you will make a difference in the lives of others. Amen.